Anyway, let's have a word of prayer as we begin the message today. Heavenly Father, we thank you just for this great morning that we can be here to sing praises, to study your word together, to pray together. And Lord, you know each one of our needs, you know what's going on in our hearts. And Lord, right now we just open our hearts up to you. And Lord, knowing that, uh, not that we just hear the word, but I just pray that we can apply it to our lives as well. We pray for those who are traveling, those who are not feeling well, we just lift them up to you. And, and you know what this next week is holding for each one of us. And we just pray that uh, we can just be in tune and in step every, every day that, we, that goes by. And Lord, that we can draw closer and closer to you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So our scripture this morning says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. It says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I came across an article about a real problem that's affecting people in the 21st century. What's interesting is this article was written back in the 80s. But it was called Hurry Sickness. And it was first diagnosed back in the 50s and they said it had reached epidemic proportions. And so I thought it's kind of a good topic. We're going to talk about hurry sickness. How many have ever heard that before? So now you're wondering what kind of articles do I read, right? But Dr. Larry Dosey, he was the first doctor that coined it. Uh, he was a Dallas internist. And he said it was a problem that was plaguing our society. Now, he wrote that back in the 80s. 83, I believe, is the date he came out with. But hurry sickness can be defined as a modern condition caused by rushing about, a compulsion to do everything quickly, a chronic feeling of being short of time. It says it's attributed to the fast pace of modern life and causing symptoms such as anxiety and insomnia. So that's hurry sickness. Now, they say that people who hate to wait suffer from hurry sickness. So how many of you enjoy waiting? You think it's one of the best times in the world. You just wait for next week's sermon. You wait. Do all those kinds of things. So, I'm not sure about you. I'm somewhat afraid to admit but I probably know more about this problem than I'd want to admit because I find that I've been in a hurry for so long that I don't know what it's like to not be in a hurry. You ever feel that way? So people talk about having their plates too full. That was last week at the potluck too. They talk about living in the fast lane. They talk about not having enough hours in the day. And there's some symptoms that you might uh, look at for yourself for hurry sickness that are quite interesting. For instance, here's a few of them. We are constantly looking at our watches or phones and saying, just look at the time, I'm going to be late. The other one is we just hate waiting. And if you think about it, we hate waiting at traffic lights. As we approach a red light, 
you kind of scope it out to see what kind of vehicles are lined up in each lane? Trying to plan your strategy to say, okay, this one looks like they're a little faster getting off or, you know? If there's a semi-truck at the stoplight, you want to be in the other lane because it takes them a little longer to get going? Or is this just me? You guys are acting so uh, spiritual this morning, I wasn't sure. So we scope out our lanes. You go to the grocery store. You're getting ready to check out. You start scoping out the checkout lanes, don't you? And it might not be so much the amount of people, but what's in their cart. Right? So sometimes you have to say, okay, there's two in that lane, but if I multiply this stuff with their cart, that, okay, I'm in the shorter lane, and then you get really irritated as if that lane goes before you. That's right, I'm just saying. So the suggestion for you is just use one click, and you don't have to worry about lines. Although when you pull up to the grocery store, you might have to wait too long in the parking spot. I don't know. So evidence of hurry sickness is seen wherever. How about flying? How about about airplanes? You know, as soon as that airplane lands, you start hearing all the clicks of the seatbelts that are not supposed to come off yet until it comes to a complete stop. But if you wait until then, everybody's got it off and they're already standing up, realizing we've got another 10 minutes before they're going to start letting people off, but boy, everybody's in a hurry. We want to slow down. But we're worried the world's going to fall apart if we do. The sad part is one day we're going to, fall, we're going to slow down permanently and the world's going to go on right without us. But this hurry sickness disease kind of thing is especially prevalent among highly motivated, goal-achievement-oriented people. And they say that this hurry sickness sets into people, it starts in their 30s. And it gets worse as we get older. So when it comes down to it, we've got to agree. You have to agree with me. It's kind of an interesting concept, isn't it? This hurry sickness. Before God created the heavens and the earth, there was no time. God is eternal. He's outside of time. That's why Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3.8, he said, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. And yet, God entered time when Jesus Christ took on human flesh and was born as a babe in Bethlehem. Some people like to think that they're masters of time. I mean, if you think about our society, we have these atomic clocks. Does anybody have an atomic clock? It's supposed to measure the time down to like a nanosecond. My thought is, who cares? But there's people that like that. But we as people, don't really understand time. There's moments when time seems to just rush by 
And there's other times when it seems like the clock is just standing still. Remember as a kid, it always stood still at school. Man, did that hand go slow. But there are moments when we are very much aware of time, such as when we're working on a project with a deadline. We're racing the clock to, to finish whatever needs to be done. And it seems like we're fighting against time. And then there's those wonderful times when we just let go of our phones and our watches. We sit back in our easy chair. And we don't notice any time passing at all. Ah. So the simple thought this morning in this message, two words you got to remember. Slow down. Such an easy concept. Have you ever heard the, the saying, my how time flies? Now do you realize that time really doesn't fly? Do you realize that our clocks and our watches tick away at the same time that they always have? Do you realize that the days of the week and the years as they pass by are passing by at the same speed that they always have? So somehow we keep blaming the time for our need to rush about. So the fault does not happen in time itself. We do have time. God gives us time to work. He gives us time to worship. He gives us time to pray. He gives us time to spend time with our families. He gives us time to serve and help other people. He gives us time to witness to others about Christ. The book of Ecclesiastes, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. So God gives us adequate time to do everything that is important. God did not make a mistake at creation by making the days too short. In Ephesians 2.10, we read that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And you can bet that if God has done that, He's provided the time that we need to do them with. So when we don't have time for the important things, then it's probably because we have not managed our time well. And so the Apostle Paul, he gives advice to his Ephesian readers in our text this morning, that wonderful memory verse that you all said, because he knows well that there are so many attractions and people in the world that will try and control our lives and try to get us to misuse the time that God has given us. So he says, therefore, watch carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, I often hear this, especially when it's a time of bereavement. People will just say, life is too short. We probably all said it. I've said it. But Paul would agree that the time that God has given us is a very precious gift. And it's not to be wasted 
doing things that are harmful to ourselves or harmful to others, to our families, to our friends, to anybody we're around. But who knows except God how much time we have. In the book of James, what does he say? He says, come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. James is saying that we shouldn't presume that we have a tomorrow to do the good that we intended to do today. And even though we know this, it's really hard for us just to slow down. Because when we slow down, it means we might have to wait every now and then. Most of us would, do, would rather to be doing something than just waiting. Some of us would rather be doing wrong than waiting. But if you think about our life, most of our life is waiting. We wait to see the doctor when we have an appointment. If you're a kid, you're waiting to graduate. You're waiting to get accepted into college. You wait for your job offer. You wait for the repairs to be finished on your car. You wait to see if the bank will give you a loan. You wait at the airport. Then you wait more when your flight's delayed. A lot of times you're waiting to, for the right time to start a family. You wait for your test scores. Parents are waiting for summer to get over so their kids can go back to school. A lot of times we're waiting for our loved ones to come to know Christ. We wait for the Lord to bring the right person in our lives. We're waiting for what God really wants me to do. A lot of times we're waiting to buy the house. A big one is we wait for our prayers to be answered. Wait for our family sometimes just to come home. Sometimes we're waiting for our, our children to come back to the Lord. But there's only, there's only so many hours in the day. Now last time I checked there were 24. Twenty-four hours, and that's by God's design. When God created the world, He created the earth, and He created the sun, and the moon, and the stars. He created the earth to revolve around the sun, and early on in school and all of that, we learn to measure time. It comes out twenty-four hours a day. And so we have 24 hours to work and to sleep and to play and to worship and to pray and to take care of business, um, to enjoy family. 
to enjoy our friends, to enjoy our hobbies, our personal projects. And what's fascinating to consider is that each of us gets the same amount of time each day. You have 24 hours. How many of you like to sleep? How many sleep more than uh, six hours a day? How many don't want to admit anything at the, anything going on right now? So we get the same amount of time each day, and it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, you have 24 hours. It doesn't matter how old or young you are, you have 24 hours. It doesn't matter what continent you live on. It doesn't matter what city or farm or anything else. You have 24 hours. Every person on this planet has exactly the same amount of time. It's what we do with our time that differs for each of us. And isn't it amazing that two different people can make different use of the same amount of time? Ben Franklin said, lost time is never found again. And that's true. But we see the earth spins around. And when the day is done, the day is gone. See, this is a pretty profound message today, isn't it? This is stuff that you've never heard in your life. 24 hours in a day, really? Now, if you want a fascinating Bible study this week, Take your Bibles with your concordance. Look up the word wait. Because over and over, God's people were told to wait. I've got just a few of them here. The first one's out of Psalm 27, 14. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Proverbs 20.22 Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord and He will deliver you. Isaiah 30.18 For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for Him. And probably the most famous would be that Isaiah 40.31 They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up His wings as eagles. They shall run, not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So sometimes, I believe we need to just slow down. There's a time for everything. You just got to learn to manage your time well. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. We're going to learn to manage our time well. And I have such, it was such a simple topic, slow down. But I could probably do a series on it if I wanted to, but I won't be doing it. won't be doing the whole series today. There's a time for everything, and there's things that we've got to manage our time well. And it begins with this. It begins with prayer and the Word of God. Making sure that our priorities line up with God's priorities. Some people spend their whole life climbing the ladder, and then they get up to the ladder to the very top, and then they discover that their ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. We need to make God's priorities our priorities. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. 
So the questions that we need to ask ourselves in getting our priorities straightened out is, first of all, are you loving God and serving others? Are you working hard to provide for your family? Are you getting adequate rest and exercise? Now, some of you like to sleep. I saw that. But what about exercise? How many get excited about exercise? They don't have an app about that does it for you. Just checks it out for you. But it becomes important. Do you make personal time each day? And I think this is probably one of the most important ones. Do you make personal time each day to read God's Word and to really pray? Do you worship regularly with your church family? Because I think we need each other. It helps us get our priorities straightened out. We need to slow down and learn to live in the present. Don't waste your time worrying about the future. How many worry about the future, even though I said not to? How many regret the past? Because a lot of times there's things in our past we regret. And sometimes we spend so much time in the past and the future, we're not living in the present. Because you only have each moment as it comes, make the most of each one. Don't waste the present. There's an old family circle cartoon, which I think family circle is one of the better cartoons that was ever invented. And it's a comic strip which says, yesterday's the past, tomorrow's the future, but today is a gift. That's why it's called present. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And I even said it made sense, huh? Okay. Now, did you know that most of your office buildings and hospitals in the elevator, you know when you push the button and you have to wait? When you get in, do you notice that there's a closed door button? Do you realize that it does absolutely nothing? No, I'm serious. They put that on there so people didn't have to feel like they're waiting because they're timed in order to be open a certain amount for people with handicaps or slow movers getting in the elevator and stuff. But they knew some of these executive businessmen were in a hurry and doctors were in a hurry, so they put that button in there so they could push so it doesn't seem like they're waiting as long. Pretty neat, huh? It's things you learn in church. So next time you're in that elevator and you see that closed door button, it doesn't do anything. You can touch it, make you feel better. Now you're going to touch it just because. <laughs> so the simple part of this message is just slow down. And how many times have we looked over our lives and we've missed the opportunities that we should have taken? How many times have we missed the move of God in our lives because we were just too busy to slow down and see and to wait upon Him like He asked us to do? Do you realize that's why God sent us a Savior? Do you realize that's why Jesus died on the cross? Do you realize all of our misspent hours were nailed to the cross? All of the hurt, whether we've incurred or we have caused on other people because we've been too busy, all of the harm we've done to ourselves 
Maybe because we failed to slow down? I'm going to challenge you to let go of some of those less important things in your life. Quit trying to cram so much stuff in your life that doesn't mean much. Let go of those less important things. All the times that we have been given, many times we have let God's Word, let our relationship with God, sometimes we've let a relationship with our family take second fiddle because we failed to put our priorities where they need to be. But what we need to do is all of those things that we've messed up in with our time management, we need to realize that all those were nailed on the cross. Jesus is the great healer for hurry sickness. And there's a really good verse. And it says, Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> so you guys have been waiting for about 20-25 minutes to get rid of this message, right? It wasn't that bad to wait. There was no elevator buttons to push. None of that kind of thing. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I challenge all of us to make God the number one priority in our lives. Prayer, worship, being in His Word. And let those other things of life kind of take its course. What you're going to realize that the length of days are perfect. God didn't make a mistake. He wants us sometimes to wait and rest and enjoy His creation, His Word, one another. So slow down. When you're going out of the parking lot, slow down. Especially, you know, when you keep your eyes on some of the different drivers, slow down. Or stay away. So what was the topic today? Slow down. But I want to challenge everybody. Be in God's Word like never before. Be in prayer. And if you don't know what to pray about, call the office. We can, we can give you a whole list of things that need to be prayed for. Pray for me every day. I'd appreciate that. And uh, anyway, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank You for Your Word this morning. And I just pray that all of us can really slow down and really catch our breath and realize that You're in control. And Lord, we just ask that we can be people that are pleasing to You and that we can do the things that You would want us to do. But Lord, we just want to be in step with You. And so Lord, I just pray that we can just spend the time, the quality time that we need in Your Word. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.